0: What's going on everyone? This is Mitch from respectmyregion.com back with another episode of the North American Weed Tour podcast. We're looking at the best in legal cannabis across the map. Um, Today I'm joined by special guests from the Kenigma. I got Alana Goldberg and Cody Peterson. How are you guys doing today?
1: Doing great, thanks.
0: Fantastic.
2: Yeah, yeah, It's, uh, it's morning here in Southern California but I know it's evening for Alana or we're on the same schedule because I just finished a night shift at the hospital.
0: Yeah, we're, we're working with different time zones. I know, Cody. Uh, th- that's got to make it unique for you guys working together. Where you, at least, while you're stateside, different time zone, you're you're you got a little bit different schedule than most people over here. So that probably makes a uh, collaboration a little bit easier.
2: Yeah, at first I thought it was going to be a problem, but it turns out that it actually works quite well with with our way our our schedules work. Uh, me being at the hospital and line running the, the ship at the Kenigma When she's, like, wrapping up her workday, I can, like, chime in and we can have our meetings sort of like, at 5 p.m. hour.
1: <laughs> and then we also have team members in India and on the East Coast and in Denver. Is she in Denver? Yeah, mm-hmm. in Colorado. Um, and what other time zone did we have that we were playing with the other day? Oh, and sometimes Rochester. I'm in Australia, which makes it even more complicated as well.
2: Right, and Rochester East Coast. So we, we really cover right, the right. globe.
1: Yeah, so there's like a nice kind of like three-hour window that we have where we can get the whole team onto a meeting, and otherwise it's all just like you know, team collaboration tools all the way.
0: Uh, the, that's so unique, and that's something I know a lot. Every time we've ever done a podcast or been on a Zoom call, it's always you know, end of one of our days, start of the other day. It's, um, it's either you know, you it's all always funny. You're in the email, you're like, my cutoff is this time, or I could do this time of the evening. And again, it depends on where you're at in the world because I know some of you've been Australia, and I know some of you. When you're uh, home in a uh, home in israel well, i guess you yeah, both, yeah. both are home at this point, right
1: yeah and uh, no this is home in israel but it's uh, i don't know it's going back to visit where i grew up so i guess it's yeah yeah it's another home you're right
0: but it's yeah, not like I split my
1: time these days it's but it's always fun to have like you know the calls where like i've got my whiskey and you know you've got your coffee
0: And no, no, no judgment, you know. If it was even if it was morning and you got the whiskey, you know, sometimes, oh, yeah, well,
1: Cody does that, but he's coming on night
0: shift, yeah, (laughs) post shift. Well, you know, I, I start every episode off with our guest origin story around cannabis. I've had Alana on here before, so I've, 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 you know, she's been broken in on this question, but Cody, you know, you're a first time caller, man. So just curious when you and your journey started with cannabis, uh, whether that's personal, professional, whatever you feel vulnerable in sharing, or you can discuss both, man. I'm definitely curious kind of when you and cannabis started, started your relationship. Yeah, I love that
2: origin story. I like that. It's really like playing into the comic book vibe, the the, uh, heroine in the story. Uh, So (laughs) I guess cannabis would actually be the hero in this story. So uh, I was in pharmacy school. I had never uh, I tried cannabis once uh, as I was in high school and it it wasn't something that stuck with me Uh, and I wasn't much of a a drinker either. Kind of went to college, uh, was figuring things out. Um, and, you know, found cannabis and, and found that it, it worked well it's sort of in my lifestyle and on the weekends. Uh, but I wouldn't call myself a medical user at that time, or at least not conscious of any medical use. Likely I was self-medicating some anxiety and, and things that had sort of reared themselves under the stressors of pharmacy school. But aside from that, uh, what happened is is a loved one, uh, well, technically the, a loved one of the woman I was dating, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and was, was terminally ill. They tried all the medicine they tried chemo they gave up uh you know the woman was was nearing the end of her life we had she had been given uh morphine and ativan and atropine standard medications to help people pass into this next world but to be honest as a pharmacist now looking at these medicines they are mediocre blunt tools that that are sort of just pushing us towards that the light and and not a very bright way um and so what we did is i just so happened to be at that time uh, had realized that I knew how to make brownies, and if you were at Duquesne and getting brownies at that time, it's quite possible my kitchen had had touched those. Uh, and but at the same time, my, my girlfriend had said, "Hey, could we, you know, make a cake for 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 Granny?" She said she'd be interested in trying. So we baked the cake. Uh, the family went over. They they sort of celebrated. Granny had her own cake, but just had the best uh, night with the family, shared stories of childhood, was far more awake, needed no pain medicine. Um, and, and this only happened twice before she passed away. This was the last two or three days of her life. But she was laughing with her children. She was, you know, sharing stories with her childhood. And now this is compared to days earlier where she was zonked out. And I've seen this numerous times as a cannabis practitioner where where people have opted to use cannabinoids instead of Uh, morphine and narcotics, or just waiting until we really need the morphine, until we need to take that step. And using cannabis as that in-between can go so far into improving patient's quality of life and even extending life if if by nothing more than improving appetite. So uh, that's sort of my story. I found that cannabis is medicine. And then what happened is I left that thought behind and I went and practiced pediatric pharmacy. But it turns out that it crept in because in uh, children, FDA has already proved numerous cannabinoids for the application, the medical application in children, both for epilepsy and also for cancer. So there was already this sort of like, oh, I do dispense cannabinoids. And I didn't forget about Mary Jane. She was a, a friend of mine as we went, we went to Phoenix, Arizona, uh, where I began my practice as a pediatric pharmacist, and then uh, eventually moved to California Heard about this new program that was offering a master's degree at a school of pharmacy in cannabis science. Uh, and so I'm now a graduate of that program. I have my master's in medical science and therapeutics, as well as my PharmD, my doctor of pharmacy. And I'm trying to tell the world about the, the utility of cannabis as medicine, um, but also as recreation and as a harm reduction strategy and all of the other beautiful things it can do. And the negatives, too, because we have to tell the full story. And that's me. My origin story, and then we found
1: each other on LinkedIn.
2: We need, yeah, and oh, yeah. We need some sort of music, though. I need like a. <laughs> I don't.
0: I don't, I don't got the drum machine cue down. Now up, the theme you know, cue. Come on, Mitch. You know.
1: Sorry.
2: I love
0: sorry, that, but yeah.
2: you're right. I it, I decided two years ago. I never. I'd gotten off social media. I wasn't doing anything to this effect. Um, and this really plays to kind of what you've you've done, Mitch, in sort of like building your own brand. Is I just decided to get on social media and start sharing, and, you know, just my thoughts. And then all of a sudden, I started making content of my own because I happened to like Canva. And then uh, Alana and Matan uh, n- noticed this uh, and said, hey, you should come be one of our experts. Uh, and now I've sort of become the leader of that expert team and sort of driving the science editorial at the
0: Awesome. Amazing. Thanks for the reminder.
2: You're like, hey, you're here with the Conigma. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's not all Whoa, about you
1: the <laughs>
0: you
2: said the origin story i got excited
0: no 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 that's that's perfect and, and thank thank you for sharing you know, I, I i like asking that because i feel like it breaks the stigma but it also I, i'm just a very big proponent we are in the cannabis industry in order to just normalize that it, we have to talk about the root of it whether that's going to be the basis of the rest of our conversation which you know you know hint it will be uh, or not you know i think this is the industry and at the end of the day the plant is why we're all here it doesn't matter what you do if you're in this industry you put food on the table or the the basis of what you're here is down to that plant and people's relationship with that plant and so i just always love to explore the nuances and the various stories that we all have connected to this plant and it's they don't differentiate too much from too many people but i again i think it's important now that we're in this this day and age where we can share, where we can stream live on fucking LinkedIn and talk about using cannabis back when it was illegal, because back in the day, you know, community was so important. It's how we found cannabis. It's how we shared cannabis. But it also was like very guarded and very protective. And so moving into this new era, it's, let's let the fucking guard down, man. That's Yeah, that's my
2: absolutely. Yeah. This is part of it. This is this is where, I was a pharmacist, I was very conservative in this space, and now I talk to physicians every chance I get them. Why don't you know about the endocannabinoid system? Cannabis is, you know, less harmful than alcohol. Look at the, what this fentanyl did to this patient. I don't think I've ever seen a patient with weed like this. <laughs> like, I'll do it all the time because I'm just trying to tell people, like, look, we have to start thinking about this in a more... Uh, more reasonable way this is the new era it's here uh good and bad i didn't mean to cut you off alana but uh i think it's i think it's really an exciting time to be in cannabis and we all share and this immense passion so that that origin story is
1: you didn't cut me up, but, but I was going to add that I think the same is true on the like, whether we call it like personally, I think pretty much all cannabis use is therapeutic in some way, like you were saying before, mm-hmm. Cody, that you were like unknowingly treating anxiety or like sleep disorders or social anxiety, you know, whatever it was. Um, but I think it's equally important to be educating when we're talking about, let, let's say there is a such thing as recreational use. When we're talking about recreational use as well, whether it's normalizing through like our own, like being, you know, relatively normalized members of society. Um, who run companies and have children and, you know, exercise and eat healthy and consume cannabis. Um, and like giving, like, you know, I don't necessarily like tell, you know, non physicians, why don't you know about the endocannabinoid system? But I do think that's also very interesting information for anyone to know to understand, okay, there is a system in the human body that this plant is interacting with. Um, I think that's really across the board, regardless of the audience.
0: Yeah, and you know, one of one of the things that you know, Alana, we've talked about this on air, off air before. One of the things I like about the Conigma is obviously the educational aspect. You guys do a ton of content. I, as someone that produces content, I have an intimate, just respect for anyone else in that space, um, and the the pros and cons, the ups, the downs of just doing, you know, participating in that. You know, I'm definitely my life is very much intertwined around that. But you know, one of the things that that you guys do really well is do a, a fact-based, a scientific or research-backed approach to pr- producing content. But, you know, and it's more than just summarizing, you know, some section of about us on there, cause I'm probably gonna end up saying that some form of that right now, but you guys put <laughs> it in a much more consumable format for the consumer. Like we were talking about right right before we started about like the best way to put out a joint was one of the pieces of content you guys did. And it's like, you know, there is some, some fact around that of how to do it without, you know, taking out the integrity of a joint and preserving the, play, the flavor. But it's just interesting to have content down to like that level that's kind of surface level Um, you know, in terms of education, it's not the highest level of education, right? To some of the other stuff you guys do talking about the endocannabinoid system and terpenes and some of these things that are much more complex and difficult. But I feel like you guys do a good job of putting that down into common speak. So I'm kind of curious. I'll start with you, Alana, and then we'll we'll, we'll break it down to to the doctor uh, below us. Uh, But just what is the approach of like what content you want to discuss? And then from that point is like, what do you, where do you go in terms of like, finding the information you need to kind of back you know the hypothesis or whatever content that you that you're trying to publish on the internet
1: so i I think really i mean there's there's two parts to this question the first part relates to like like you said some sort of summary of the about us page is really the process that we develop for content creation and it's a very rigorous process read long and timely and expensive um, process of creating our content that has many stages and the first stage comes down to whatever kind of Uh, research or like ideation needs to be done to come up with a topic and that's always collaborative whether it's coming from the SEO perspective Um, and when I say from the SEO perspective what I mean there is understanding what questions people are answering and understanding where we have uh, you know something to say like I don't believe you know answering things if it's not our place if we don't have something original or or, you know credible to add to the conversation. And also where we have a chance of getting in front of those people. So that's like the technicalities of of the kind of SEO strategies is understanding, like, where's our low hanging fruit? And then what are the big guns that we're going to like, you know, for example, we're probably never going to rank number one. Well, not in the next year, let's say, for what is CBD. And yet, obviously, we need a very in-depth article on the the site, Mm -hmm. which is like something of a hub. You know, I would say probably 90% of our content ends up uh, shooting back to that what is CBD article. Um, so even though we're not going to rank number one, that was essential from like an editorial perspective for us to have that. So whatever kind of angle uh, it's coming from, it might be ideas from our scientific advisors, ideas from our editorial staff. Uh, we kind of bring those all together. Um, and then we come to the point of making a brief. There's generally like at least two or three people touching any brief that we create. Um, so there's, you know, someone coming in from the editorial perspective, some probably someone from that like marketing perspective, whether we're thinking of this as content which is going to go particularly well on social or particularly well on SEO. we have. The relevant players in there and then of course Cody and his team bringing in the scientific side and that's where we get to the second part of your question which is like how do you gather it all together and work out what we have to say um and listen sometimes we do have clinical research that we can be basing it on uh, sometimes we have some anecdotal evidence and a lot of the time we have only one of those two or neither And we still have to work out, okay, so what can we say, you know? Um, One example that I I really liked that we worked on and I was very hesitant about tackling this topic was CBD bath bombs. Okay, so we were like, this is, you know, it's a gimmick. Let's assume that it's a gimmick, but people are searching for this. People are buying them. People are trying to understand how to, to like, analyse whether this is a good product or not. And we can have something to say about that. So we looked into bathing in general and the therapeutic uh, benefits that can potentially come from just taking a bath without putting any bath bomb, let alone a CBD bath bomb in your bath. Then we looked at bath bombs. What can we say about the salts? What can we say about different, uh, you know, parabens, different chemicals that you don't want to have in anything that you're putting on your body? We can say something about that. And so far, nothing I've said here has anything to do with cannabis, but yet we were able to take this, like, kind of evidence-indicated science-based approach that we work with and apply it to this topic. And so when it came down to, at the end, it was like, listen, like, maybe it does something probably not but if you are going to try one of these products definitely you know try one of these we we're able to find i think only three or four products on the market that we could recommend so try one of these ones and definitely look for something that does not contain these ingredients and preferably something that you can get a coa for and so we were able to use that that whole editorial process without obviously there's no clinical research on the effectiveness of cbd bath bombs I um, yeah. That yet. Yeah, yeah we're not we're not getting to that I'm, I'm sure someone will pay you know. Fifty million dollars at some point to to uh, to fund that. Anyway, so so and this is so that's the brief stage, right? Everyone comes together on that. Then we find the right writer to work on it. Um, when I first started this, I was sure I'd been working with uh, journalists, with writers uh, across Israel and the world for for years. I had a full roller deck of writers. I was like, I've got writers. I'll bring them in. They'll learn how to write about weed. It's fine. It didn't work. Um, <laughs> the, the content was yeah, just like unusable um and i understood that i needed to be working with science writers and, and preferably um cannabis science writers and so we've now like built like i, I now have a similar size roller deck of, of those specific cannabis writers and and uh you know we really we, we really cody and i often uh spend a lot of time talking about who is the right person to be writing this and then to pair them with the appropriate reviewer from cody's team um to be able to work on the content from both ends like from the briefing stage and then the review stage afterwards So when the content's written, it then has a three-stage review afterwards. Cody looks at it from, like, let's call it a cannabis science perspective. I look at it from an editorial perspective. And then whatever advisor's working on it looks at it from, like, the specialist uh, perspective. And you can imagine what those documents look like after, you know, we're done with it. They're absolutely, absolute mess. Um, And this is kind of the magic, really. I think this is the secret sauce that ends up with this content that does have that level of credibility, to anyone who reads it, like, you know, to the the lay reader for sure, but also for people in the industry, for healthcare professionals, that, you know, there, there's a stamp of, uh, of credibility and authority on this content, um, which I believe shines through the content itself, but there's something to be said for that name. Um, I think probably Cody can add to that uh, from the, the advisor team perspective.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just, yeah, you laid out the the, the process really in depth. So I think where our our content goes from like really good and well thought out um to to exceptional is when we we could really go through a rigorous review process both try, really trying to nail down what what you're finding on google like the biggest issue with it in cannabis it's like Sure, it's credibility, but more so it's like that it's sort of copycatted. We see a lot of articles pulling from other articles written by without resource or without citation. And what that can lead to is a misconstruing of what the truth is and what's really known versus what is sort of anecdotally applied and sort of not. And that's okay. Anecdote matters, people experience matters but we want to answer their people's questions in a way that isn't a copycat way, in a way that is really thoughtful about what are people truly trying to understand with this question and what can we actually give them that is actionable, even if it's not fact-based. And if it's not based in fact, we try to say that. We're like, there is no evidence or there is extremely little evidence to support this claim. Uh, But if you want to chew on black peppercorn after you're too high, we see very little risk and maybe it'll help because there's a little bit of the pharmacology that might make a little bit of sense. And so <laughs> I like, think
1: that's true for cannabis in general, that line you just said. Yeah. So if you want to try cannabis and see if it works, we see very little risk. That's the bottom line of pretty much everything on the site. Yeah, Except you're if you're talking about the regulation pages, don't necessarily use it in some of the <laughs> countries we've been covering <laughs> lately.
0: And, you know, we've we spoke about this previously, a lot of like, you know, Israel's where, where you reside has obviously been on the you know, the forefront of cannabis research the, the you know, the government there has been, you know, I don't, I don't know what, what the right word is it welcoming or at least allowing the research of cannabis. Whereas you look at the United States, you know, our, our federal government has has a couple obstacles in the way. But, Cody, as you expressed earlier in your origin story, you know, you have a degree in cannabis science that was offered here in this country. And so for yourself, um, when looking for, you know, information, studies, facts, you know, scientific information, how much of that is coming, you know, stateside versus global? And where, where do you kind of see from someone that's really in the trenches on that side? Who is is Israel? You know, really the leader that, from a third third party from a, a the clouds where I just think is, or is are they the leader of that? Or, or or and and in addition to that, where else are you looking for information? Like where where does it come from geographically? Totally. So what we've
2: seen in the last ten years is a exponential growth of, of the amount of articles. Ten to fifteen years ago, there was about a thousand or less articles relating to cannabis or endocannabinoid system. Now there's there's fifteen thousand. So, so we're rapidly growing and think about it. You can't read all those articles. So there's a very, like very much an accumulation of knowledge right now going on. Now, we do have a little bit of this sort of knowledge sharing and repeating going on in, in the science as well, but I'll sort of set that, uh, that aside. Uh, there is a tremendous amount of information being published in, in uh, open source journals and, and things, but it comes from the entire globe. If you want to know my like number one pick, my favorite I love when things are coming out of Italy right now. They did big money into their hemp research program. There's some really cool PhDs doing some really awesome stuff. My uh, science crush, Dr. Vincenzo DiMarzo, is, is over in, in Italy. Someday I'm going to meet this guy, and I, I'm going to have to fess up to calling him. My science crush is going to be good.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, now you've said it live.
2: Oh, no. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Awkward. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, what I was saying is, is Italy's putting out some really amazing science, especially on the endocannabinoid system is what I nerd out on. But re- and really, if you think about it, that's where Israel started. You know, uh, well, I guess not really. Uh, Dr. Mishulam first started with THC and CBD and then to the endocannabinoid system. And, and Israel remains a huge hub of cannabis research, um, but it it hasn't you know, remained like sort of this, this sort of like beacon of like, oh, the only place doing research. And what we're seeing is the rest of the world really come online with a lot of theirs. Of course, there's still amazing things being done. You know, Dr. Deddy Meary's work comes to mind trying to really unfold this cannabis cancer story. Uh, But what I think is really important to note is especially here in the United States, there's a lot of hope that for the first time since the 1970s, we now are able to have cannabis grown, used in research that's not coming from the National Institute of Drug Abuse, NIDA, who's got a clear slant towards hmm. you know, pro- prohibiting. Their, their, their whole namesake as an organization is to prevent drug abuse, right? It's not to promote a healthy cannabis market. It's not even just to protect consumers it's to prevent abuse, right? And so it just in, inherently, when we see government organizations with sort of a charter, they can tend to be lose, lose sort of a, the right sort of, a, I don't know, focal point in my opinion. So I think we're coming a long way and there are at least four DEA approved places where we can grow actual dank and let people smoke it for research instead of providing them with an 8% THC that's been rolled into a, a marijuana cigarette and kept in a fridge for three years. And it was you know mediocre at best already now there's a lot of great research that has come out of that lab i don't mean to totally crap on this program especially uh, dr Suli, who is a phenomenal like like very famous researcher from this or East university it's just the way the federal government structured the program it led to an a problematic situation and we are breaking out of that and we're going to see a lot more science research in the united states uh, and we've seen it. Italy research, the first research that found THCP in 2020. We wrote an article on the Conigma. You can read more about this molecule. This is a longer chain, stronger acting version of THC, more psychoactive, found in itsy beansy amounts in Italian hemp for the first time in 2020. Research were very interested in this molecule. And what US uh, scientists have done. Uh, mostly through like Vireo Health uh, is, is the company, MSO, who founded this research. They went in and they looked at a bunch of American cultivars. They looked at like four different strains grown around the U.S., like some skunk and, and whatnot. And when they, I have to look at the study, but they were uh, well-known varieties. And when they looked, they found ENC bean seed amounts of this THCP that was just only discovered in 2020. And now all of a sudden it changes this idea like, oh, maybe it's not just the terpenes, maybe this this THCP is available in some of these varieties and could be contributing to it. Now, we have a lot to still work out around that hypothesis, but this was very clearly floated by the researchers in Italy who first discovered it. They're like, hey, this could be a clue. And we continue to find more clues to suggest it's not just THC and terpenes, that there's a lot going on to this plant ratios with CBD, cannabinoid acids, my other minor cannabinoids, that, the CBG that is could be in the flower depending on when you harvest, right? Go into amber versus cloudy versus clear, that's chemical differences, that's different medicine and mm. leaning towards one or the other should certainly make a difference. Now we need to research more about what that means, uh, both in the flower, because we haven't really validated this very well, the, the hazy versus the amber. And then we also need to take and find research around um, what's that going to do to the person?
0: Yeah, and, and and it's it's unique, right? Like, as as the industry first rolled out, right, there was the big talk just on on the basic level, you know, going into dispensary. There's your Indica-Sativa hybrid. And then there was been, there's been this recent push the last few years talking about, oh, listen, stop talking about that. Let's talk about terpenes, now that we know a little bit more. And, Cody, you're breaking it down to me that it's potentially, and, it, I mean, it most likely does, goes even deeper than that. And so... You know, is it are we going to see in a couple of years where people like, yeah, terpenes are important, but there's some other stuff that that we need to start educating on as well.
2: I think it's going to be both of those things. I think absolutely. We're learning more about the science of this and people want to lean a little bit too much on on the exact way weed makes them feel and that variety. But there's a lot going on here. This endocannabinoid system of ours is the most intricate and complex system in our bodies. It changes throughout the day. It's intertwined with your stress hormones called cortisol. It's tied to testosterone and estrogen. So a woman's menstrual cycle ties into the way cannabis affects them. The time of day you smoke weed, it changes the way it makes you feel, right? And so like trying to be like this variety, it's the mercine in this one. That's absolutely why it made me feel different. That one time I tried it is really kind of a difficult thing. Do I think consumers can pick up on these nuances? Sure. Uh, I'm not as good as some consumers for sure, but I will say there's a complex system this plant is engaging with and a host of different bioactives like terpenes and cannabinoids and minor cannabinoids. So just, you know, saying it's this, this terpene that messes me up, I think is probably a bit too reductionist.
1: Yeah. I feel like I would add in there as well that there's a really encouraging trend in the industry towards moving like moving away from uh, this kind of like real uh, product-specific naming at all and instead looking at sensation-based naming. And I think this is a move in the right direction. It's like grouping products together as energizing, focusing, relaxing, sedating, creative, whatever it is. Um, and then people can understand that there's like a variety of different effects in the product, which I think is like the first thing, is that it's not just up or down. I mean, it's great if we at least understand that there are different types of cannabis that can cause those sativa and indica effects. But actually it's much more broad than that. And I think what's useful for consumers at this point is to be able to know that they're like choosing something from within one of these like loose buckets. And like, yeah, cool, they're not necessarily going to nail it and feel exactly like something else they chose from that bucket, um, but it, it's like a, a kind of I think more like usage or intention based uh, direction for the categorization. I like that.
2: Totally. And, and I think, go go oh, sorry, go, go, go. No, So sorry. where I wanted to, to drive it is like building on that. I think what we've sort of done in, in cannabis, especially like sort of this like this sort of high THC market is we've really pigeonholed ourselves into looking only at the terpenes because the cannabinoids are up there. It's already 25 30%. Like how much different can it be, right? So now all you have is this, this terpene profile to examine. That's the only, other anal- the only other piece of information you might have. But if we considered more ratios, if we looked more at CBG and blends and cannabinoids, I, there's a lot more that cannabis has to offer. You know, THC is a fantastic molecule, right? But it's, again, sort of does all the things right that's why you can't really avoid the side effects with getting the good like you kind of get the whole bag because it stimulates this cb1 receptor in our brains really strong but if we give thc alongside cbd we have very good evidence in humans right with real weed in multiple places around the world that show that there is a uh altering effect a ceiling effect that's created when cbd is added in a one-to-one or a two-to-one ratio Interestingly, and this, this, uh, we haven't talked about this much on the site, I want to do an article on it, is very small amounts of CBD, so let's say like 20 to 1 THC with just a hair of CBD, has actually been found to enhance the psychoactivity and the, the intoxicating mm. effects of THC. And, you know, this is not something that's talked about in the industry, but there's numerous clinical studies that, that looked at this, including even using injectable THC and CBD. Uh, that that evaluated this. Well that's
1: a good way to understand what it's like to smoke a type two joint. Uh,
2: well for what it's worth the most two similar routes of administration. The most similar route of administration well, to injecting so would be
1: the
2: so these are very right. when we look pharmacologically at these two other than the change of the molecules in the smoke, smoke all, yes. uh, the difference right. is is not that substantial. Uh,
0: it's, it's this so is why unique. we have Cody
2: yeah yeah, everyone uh, needs a pharmacologist
0: you know that's that's what i'm saying you know i sit around smoke and i'm like i think this and then guys like cody you know come through and uh you know break it break it down the hows the whys the what's you know and the where's uh which which is very much appreciated and that's it's like the important thing of of this industry right this industry is so infant and even beyond the industry through through prohibition right has limited not just again what we're talking about even not just the research but the discussion just the open discussion of cannabis and what we can learn from one another about sharing our experiences and just learning from that right and a lot of like what you said you know um, about this effects based experience based approach to marketing and grouping projects you know some people love it some people hate it everyone has their opinions on everything i mean some people love the indica sativa hybrid some people are like we got to kill this it's done it's old i don't everyone has their opinions other way you know either way i'm personally all for whatever like you said alana like whether it's 100 accurate or not it starts people's mind of thinking towards the possibilities or the applications and that's like the consumers are down here and the industry echo chambers here there's still so much further to go but we in order to pull these people up they're not going to get know if cody's talking to another you know doctor or scientist right the average consumer is going to tune out they're going to be like bro you've lost me i don't i don't want any more of that we it's not necessarily dumbing it down but just starting on the basics of like let's explore this concept whether it's 100 percent accurate in all cases or not right and i think that's one of the important parts of educational content in, in this space so whether people have an opinion one way or another i'm for anything that's furthering the discussion for furthering the self exploration. And you mentioned earlier, like an SEO perspective of content, right, of looking at it. And it's not some people out there, marketers might think, yeah, you want the most traffic. But from your guys' standpoint, right, you're really looking at like, if people search this question so much, sure it's great search volume is gonna bring people to to the site, but it's also, this is a big question that a ton of people are asking. And most likely if they're continually asking that, there's not getting that information. Maybe at scale, right? Uh, it's not being spoke about, spoken about. So, what's your approach in terms of looking at SEO um, from that perspective of like these are questions that people have? Let's go answer these questions.
1: Look, we'll take all the traffic as well, right? I'm still happy to you know pick the right topics and and. Uh you know, enjoy watching those numbers go up. But I think really oftentimes the question is like, you know, is there search volume now? I I don't have good data and I'm sure a lot of people listening know this, like the data we get on cannabis terms is not good. It's definitely not accurate from any of the tools. I've seen it time and time again. I remember seeing that they were like, 400 searches a month for cannabis and liver and we were seeing at least 10,000 people coming every month to this article on those keywords so like mm. we know data is not correct but we use it as you know it's an indication and it's the best we've got for now and this is actually something that we repeat over and over again in our content on the site as well Is it's not a perfect system but it's the best we've got for now you know so we like pull everything together and this is like go to the dispensary with this it's not a sure thing but Anyway, so back to the SEO uh, strategy. I think it's about understanding, you know, obviously, first of all, like you said, what questions are people answering? Do we have a good answer for them? And a third question that I often ask there is, is there already a good answer to that out there? Because I feel like, you know, from kind of a mission perspective, what I want to do is counter the misinformation. And if, to be perfectly honest, I go there and there's a really good article from project CBD on the topic that we're looking at, I feel like it's not as urgent, like we'll get to it. And if it's a really central topic, we're going to cover it as well. Like I mentioned before with the, you know, the CBD kind of pillar article that we have on the site. But a lot of times it's like, well, it's, I feel like it's more of a service to cannabis consumers. If there's only bad information, if there's only, you know, for example, when you look up Rick Simpson oil and you see a whole lot of crap. Um, it was really important for us to, to tackle this topic, even though we weren't going to say the same thing as the rest of the, the uh, articles up there. We were going to say, OK, this is what, you know, this is what the method prescribes. This is the history. This is what we don't know. There's a lot we don't know. This hasn't been proven. And we went you know, through all of it. And there, I think it was really necessary for us to get that content out there. So I do think there's like a number of considerations that comes into that topic selection. Um, we're not beneath picking topics that we believe are going to bring in big chunks of traffic or deciding to lean into areas. Like I did not think we were going to have, if you would have asked me two years ago, I would not have told you that we would have this flourishing cooking and recipes section on the website that we'll be focusing on. Like the first half of this year, we really leaned into the the cooking content because we saw that was what we're working with. Like people were asking these questions. More and more people are exploring edibles and they want to know how to do it. Uh, They're kind of just like messing around in the kitchen with whatever they can find online or, or whatever they think they can know because they already know how to bake. Um, and so I guess we're kind of like fluid with that as well, seeing what's working, what, where we can, we, we can like add to the conversation. Cody's dying to jump in.
2: Yeah, well, no, I want it because <laughs> I don't want your point to get lost, is like Mitch really asked like, well, what are you doing like, about what questions people are asking? It's, it's not always, like, there's not always an answer and, and sometimes we think the answer is stupid. We're like, okay, well, you can cut the end of the joint off. You can put it, like, there's a million ways to put out a joint, right? But the truth is, like you said, people are asking the question. And and sometimes we're, like, afraid to talk about a topic. We're like, oh, it's kind of, like, contentious, right? Like something about cannabinoid hyperemesis or whatever it might be. But we need to lean into these topics because – these are the questions that people really have that don't have a good place to lean to, that mm. don't have somewhere where a pharmacist or a cultivation expert has really reviewed what is the content, what is the, the facts, and what is, what is really still unknown and, and sort of you can trust. And, and people have that option when you think about like other medicine and other health things, right? At WebMD. And, and really we're trying to provide this other reliable service, except around cannabis. Because you know as well as I do, you Google a question, you can find yourself anywhere related to cannabis. Mm. It could be NIDA's website, it could be Mayo Clinic, or it could be, you know, uh, a, a seed company. Wikileaks. You know? Yeah, yeah, wherever. <laughs> it could be, it, there's a million places you could land first page of Google, you know? And people don't have that one place they can go to trust. So. You know i would recommend to anyone who's streaming live like whenever you have a cannabis question just follow that google search with the term kenigma and you'll get some some quality reviewed articles
0: absolutely absolutely i mean i think you guys have, have built you know obviously you discussed earlier in this the process right if you're putting content out that follows that sort of process that is much more in depth than our process for content obviously we're not putting out things with as much uh you know, backing and stuff where I feel the need to, to cross-reference things to that, to that to that level, but, I mean, I just think a rigorous process like that is going to put out um, – and, and the level that you guys want to stand on, right? You guys are looking – you have a purpose and why you exist, and – and you're gonna meet that expectation, right? And if not, you're gonna see a lot of people challenge that. And I haven't really seen that. I've seen a lot of people kind of pay you guys respect for the angle, the the lane that you guys have taken in this industry, not just content distribution, but in this industry, I think a lot of people, myself included, respect that. Um, and again, as someone that puts content out, I have a high level of respect for what you guys do because there's a lot goes into it. A lot more goes into it than what I do for content. <laughs> so uh, you know, it's I'll say as well yeah, but don't sweat. You can just read
2: our articles, direct people to us, and they can find the peer-reviewed science that we've cited. So you know that's why we break it down at a level where where anyone uh, like a Mitch or a Joey can can find it and then distribute it to the to the masses who who are coming to your website.
0: Absolutely. so. You know, what is it, uh, you know, we honestly, we could talk all day for people that don't we, before we went live, we were chatting for a while, this conversation, I could honestly probably run this conversation for another hour. But in, in being mindful of, of everyone's time, I, I want to start rounding up towards the ending. But what do you guys have coming up next? I know a lot of you guys threw uh, an event at MJ BizCon last year. I don't know if you want to talk about what you guys are planning on doing again this year. I, I assume that we're going to see you in person again, stateside in, in Vegas coming up here in November. Just curious what, what else you guys have on. The, on the horizon for twenty twenty two and beyond.
1: Yeah, so we're both going to be <clears throat> in Vegas in November. Uh, given that I'm over here, we kind of like pick one, you know, big horse. We picked MJ BizCon again this year, so we'll definitely see you there. We're planning a really small kind of private event uh, this time uh, together with Chef Jordan Wagman. We're doing an infused event uh, with infused hors d'oeuvres and uh, cocktails. It's gonna be an alcohol-free event. It's um, like a kind of friends and family in the industry um, type event. Uh, we're gonna be creating a lot of content at the event as well. That's you know always the core for us. So like I said before, there was a big focus in the first half of the year on uh, culinary content. So we're gonna be getting a whole lot of uh, video footage of those dishes and, and cocktails being created. Um, and then our other big focus for the rest of this year is our, uh, our cultivation guide where we're, we're creating, we actually earlier this year did a, a cookbook happy to share the links if anyone wants to check it out it's just a free downloadable we're doing a a kind of something similar working together with our um our advisors from the kind of botanical and cultivation side um, to create it's gonna be like a a 75 page document kind of taking you through everything you need to know for your first grow but it's going to be useful for kind of any uh anyone who's who's growing at home um so that's a big focus for us going to be launching just before christmas um and yeah that's like i really believe in like obviously like you know we have our we have our day-to-day of, of, of running the publication that, that's a non-stop and those are the two kind of focuses for us till the end of the year
2: i'm super keen on the cultivation guide uh one of our yeah. the, science, the science experts that we've sort of cultivated a team uh stephen philpot jr he's a environmental biologist a marine marine veteran and just like a just an all-around like brilliant uh science communicator and he's going to sort of do an intro on on just plants, like not cannabis, like not leading with like popping your seeds. Like, no, these is this is plants, like life. And we're really just excited to do some pictures and, and do some graphics around the 10 things that, that plants need to, to exist.
1: Oh, and another cool thing we're doing, you reminded me, Cody, is Cody's gonna start doing a regular Q and A with one of our, our advisors. So we're gonna uh, just do like, you know, the usual streaming on our channels. Um, we're gonna be doing this next week, Cody? Correct.
2: This will be actually, no, it's this week, the 22nd at at 12 noon Pacific time, if anyone's listening live.
1: So you'll find it on any of our channels. Um, And that's just going to be, you know, an opportunity to kind of explore all of these different areas of specialty that we have kind of behind you. everything we've been talking about the past half hour, basically, like the faces behind um, all of that content. So we're really looking forward to getting that uh, up and running as well.
2: Yeah, I work with some really bright people and I want to I wanna get them in front of in front of the Conigma audience because I yeah, think they have to so sure. offer and share even beyond what they've reviewed and written for us. It, it's, it's really incredible the the group of people that have sort of amassed to help support what is the Conigma. So I'm, I'm very thankful to to be part of it. Uh, and I can't wait for the next thing. I will see what we do next. Uh, beyond the cultivation guide uh, and some of these tools we're working on. I'm trying to get you an edibles calculator, y'all. I got to finish it.
1: <laughs> we've got it ready to publish we've got a few final know, gotta, so gotta gotta recommend that's going to be cool there's going to be a, <laughs> a tool before Christmas as well
0: absolutely calculator. Oh, I look, for, I look forward to that I look forward to a lot of that stuff man I really appreciate you guys coming on here uh, and again I really appreciate the work you guys do even, even outside of coming on here, just the work that you guys do for people out there that want to learn find more information you know conigma.com or like Cody suggested earlier, if you have a cannabis question and you Google it, just add Kenigma at the end of, you know, what is this? Add conigma at the end of that search query and, you know, they've likely covered it. And if they haven't, you know, shoot them an email and say, hey, can you cover this? I'm looking for yes. a trusted resource, you know. <laughs> um, but again, Cody, Ilana, really appreciate you guys coming on here and, and look forward to catching up in person in Vegas here in a couple months.
1: Yeah, see you then. It sounds like a us. party.
2: You're the man, man. Thanks. Appreciate it.
0: Awesome. This is the North American Weed Tour podcast. We're looking at the best in legal cannabis. We'll be back, I think, later today. I think we have a couple episodes of content, so stay tuned on our channels for a couple other live streams. And as always, we're dumping content out every day on respectmarisa.com. We'll see you guys later.